apartment communities need to treat not treat residents like residents, but treat residents like consumers, which is kind of a, I think a lot of people are already doing that, but it's the focus that they have to have going forward because these residents, including Gen Y and Gen X and all those people, um, or millennials, that's what they're used to in every other thing that they do in life. The Bridge is a podcast for all businesses where the consumer purchase takes place at a physical location, but those same consumers are shopping and narrowing their choices down online. That jump from online to in-store is where most businesses struggle. Each episode, we will focus on real strategies and examples from industry experts on how to dominate this complex and competitive environment by sharing the latest trends in technology and process. All right, back for another podcast here at NAA um, featuring The Bridge, where we are focused on consumers that are purchasing um, and doing everything they can online, but still buying face-to-face. Uh, we've got a real treat today, uh, Paul Bergeron uh, from the NAA, uh, who has been in the industry a really long time, uh, knows a lot, uh, knows a lot about what's coming as well, um, and writes about it. So, Director of Publications at NAA, uh, how's it going, Paul? Doing pretty well. Great conference so far. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad. What's uh, what's some of the goals for you this week? Uh, meeting people, learning new things. I mean, this industry just keeps delivering. I mean, I went to a session today that was all about Generation Z and what those people are going to be doing. So Hard I have to wrap two, your I have, mind around. I have two kids that are in Generation Z, and it was amazing what they were saying was right, perfect description of my kids. Yeah. And they're going to be renters pretty soon. What were some of those takeaways? Just... There's something called the eight-minute, I think it's called the eight-minute bridge, where if you, eight-second bridge, that if you say something to them, they might not look like they're listening, and they might not even look at you, but they've heard what you've said, and you get eight, they get eight seconds to process whether what you've asked them is important or not. Whoa. <laughs> so if you're a parent or a teacher <laughs> or a friend or a girlfriend or whatever, you know, you got eight seconds to hope that they will respond to you i get in trouble from my wife if i take eight seconds to respond exactly exactly so i can say that i'm acting like a gen z when i delayed reaction is what i'm hearing i mean you've seen gen z people around i mean they're always on their phone and that's all they know and and i get all that and and i'm i'm not a super phone techie person but they are yeah and the other great example today was when you're leasing an apartment building everyone wants to say okay one month free rent so they put a sign outside their apartment building that says one month free rent, which is or two months. Well, now with the Gen Z, you have to create some way of delivering that message with some sort of form of engagement. Yeah. So some sort of, I don't know, contest, share this, take a picture of that, things like that. It's not just they'll see one. They'll see words. You've got to market with images and, and, and visuals, not yeah. just words. Yeah. Um, makes a ton, makes a ton of sense, and, and kind of is that from from your role's perspective and, and learning a little bit more about you? Um, can you tell us what uh, how you spend most of your time as the director? Oh, a, a director at yeah. NAA, yeah. So um, we have a monthly magazine called Units. Yep. Um, we have a couple of people on staff who put it together. I kind of run the show. I write a lot of the articles, edit the articles. I have some help. Uh, design the articles, but you know, it's just like the calendar. There's another month coming up. You're never really done. You have a goal of a deadline to get that issue out and we try to make each issue about what's going on at that moment we we don't plan too far ahead some people are like oh you must plan these months ahead no we kind of look around at that time to see topics that are timely and then write about that if we could because we want the readers to get something new 
Yeah, that was, that was something I was interested in. How, how does it make your radar? So when you're saying timely, uh, do you see a, a, a drum beat that picks up and all of a sudden you go, okay, this actually is something that matters as opposed to this is a... Uh, okay, so how do, I sp- sense? how do I spend my time in my life? This is kind of funny. So <laughs> I, I work and I read and I watch news and I consume news and, and I'm a big sports fan, so I watch live sports a lot. But other than that, I am a straight news person. That's all I do. The Wall Street Journal is the best source to find out what's going on and to to develop stories from because when you're writing about the apartment industry you're writing about where people live every day it's not it's not so specialized that you can't take almost any topic that's going on and develop that into a story Mm -hmm. so i live in i live in northern virginia and i take the metro to work every day and every day there's a building right there if you're familiar with co-working or we work um which is an office Thing where people can yeah, for sure. rent an office for you know, so that they can quote unquote work from home or temporary workers, whatever it is. And across the street is a beautiful apartment building. And I'm walking by there every day, and I'm saying, "Geez, I wonder if people who work in this co-work building live in this apartment building, and how sweet that would be if that was your commute." So sure enough, I started digging around. I contacted the people. The woman who ran this office, which was called Spaces, at the Reston Wheelie Metro Station, for anyone who knows that, I went in there, and she used to work at Camden. And so she knows a lot about apartment management and all that kind of thing, and we had a few laughs. And then she said, yeah, this is exactly right. We have a couple of co-work people who are apartment residents right over there. So if you saw our May issue, it was the cover story, and it was about... So that's wor- where it came from. Yeah, okay. so it was just me walking to work every yeah. day, just looking up. No, that's, that, that, that's, it, it, that's exactly what I was curious about. Stuff just You just see things that are trendy, and you think, how can you yeah. apply that to apartment management or marketing or financing or anything else like that? I remember when, when Bitcoin was all the rage about, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago. Um, and it's kind of crept back into the news recently, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, Facebook's helped with that. Yeah, so I went around and tried to find anybody who would accept rent in the form of Bitcoin instead of a check or or whatever. And it was hard. I found a couple people who would comment on it, and it was kind of a global currency mm-hmm. rather than a local thing. Yeah. But it's just things like that. You watch the business news, and you talk about Bitcoin, and you try to think how that would apply to the yeah. industry. So I like to think that's what our readers are getting. That's awesome. That was a great answer and uh, very helpful. I also think it's kind of cool that you get the opportunity to kind of pick, and then it's a little investigative reporting to a certain extent. Yeah, they, they have my experience, and they have faith that I'm writing about things that people are going to want to read yeah. about. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember when I first started working there, I wasn't in the apartment industry, and I used to walk around the office and ask people, what should I write about? What should I write about? And after about a year of that, my boss came up to me and said, you shouldn't be an order taker. Don't ask people what they want you to do. You should be able to determine what you're going to do. And I'm like, okay, I that's get great. it. I yeah. get it. So that's how it comes together. So, so talk to me about the about um, as a very educated uh, person in this space and beyond. Uh, do you have any opinions on where it's going? Um, how's it going to change? And when I say how's it's going to ch- how's it going to change, um, mainly from the perspective of the relationship between the property. Uh, and the renter. And the resident. Okay. And the, and the um, resident, yep. Well, a couple things that I'm seeing right now is apps that are designed and delivered by the apartment community for their residents that enable their residents to do everything. I mean, there used to be resident portals. Residents have their websites. Now it's apps. And 
the companies that are involved in that seem to be getting a lot of business. Um, the key to that seems to be think about your own life and what you do and what apps you use. Maybe you have one that checks sports scores, one does the weather, one does um, I don't know what else. You want this apartment living experience to all be on one app, not having the resident to have to look for other things. Oh, how do I unlock my door? Oh, how do I contact this person? Oh, where do I pay my rent? Oh, how do I see any information going on socially? So that seems to be a resident experience trend um, with that relationship. The other one is, the other of, I guess, many, um, it seems like staffing has become different. Our boss, our CEO, Bob Pinnegar, this week said that apartment communities need to treat, not treat residents like residents, but treat residents like consumers, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a, I think a lot of people are already doing that, but it's the focus that they have to have going forward because these residents, including Gen Y and Gen X and all those people, um, or millennials, that's what they're used to in every other thing that they do in life. So they're a day-to-day thing. They're treated like consumers. So, and, wouldn't you, and just so for the audience, from, from your perspective, when you say the difference between a resident and a consumer, in this instance, they mean, you mean what? Well, consumers today shop around, know what they want, expect what they want, want it right away. They want the service that they get when they go to a, a good restaurant or a good retail store or I don't know where else. Um, uh, vacation. Yeah. So now all of a sudden, if your property isn't treating you with that kind of customer service level, they're not going to be happy. Um, so the property management teams are, are revving up with that. Another interesting trend is the self-guided tours. And that's been talked about for about a year and a half now. Where are you on that? I know there's a lot of buzz around this conference about that. There have been people talking about it. Where am I on it? Um, it's very interesting I mean, the story they tell is, okay, you or you and your wife go shopping for a car. Do you want the car salesman in the back seat when you test drive it? No. no. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you don't really want that. So if you're an apartment person and you've done all your homework and you've looked at pictures and you've looked at the neighborhood, and that's what most people do, and you have a roommate or a wife or significant other, whoever it is, and you show up at the property, you probably just kind of want to just kind of roam around and check Cruise the around. things that you want to see, how you want to see them. Um, so no offense to the leasing agents because some of them are quite personable and do very well with that. They're there to close the deal once the person takes the tour. So that's the bottom line on the self-guided tours. Now, people are concerned about that because of things like liability. Oh, my gosh, we're letting somebody into a property. There's no one else there. I mean, we have to work through all those things. But I think it seems to be moving a little bit in that direction. Um, so, so based on that, and this is a lot of what we are uh, always talking about here, is what is, the, um, what is the responsibility then of the human interaction in that experience? So you say to close the deal, but there is the ability for me to sign a lease and negotiate the pricing all through text, and then you send it over and I docu-sign it and it's good to go, and I might not ever even see you. Mm-hmm. So where do you think, um, you know, you can go all the way one extreme to the other extreme, but sure. in a general um, perspective, how do, you, how do you think about five to ten years from now? Um, well, again, based on what I was hearing a little bit about with, with <clears throat> excuse me, Generation Z, that's how they want to interact. They, it's so funny to see any of them on the phone. Just it's hysterical. Think, think about it, and then think about having a conversation with them. A lot of times, they're just kind of used to texting. My my twelve year old daughter is so annoyed anytime 
12. I give her a call. Yeah. Yeah. So annoyed. And you think they don't want to talk to you, but it's just not the way they, they want to talk. They don't talk that way. No. And you you could be in the kitchen. They could be upstairs and it's ready for dinner or whatever. And you text them. And my wife's like, why are you texting her? Just go, you know. But that's what they want. <laughs> yeah, and it's right. all, it really is all about giving people the communication uh, chain that it's they to- want. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. So, so, the, so when, to get back to your question about in person, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you go in and you meet a leasing agent and maybe that's the best way because that's what makes you comfortable. But really, you, you just kind of want to be left alone sometimes. And then when you're done, tell me where I need to go. I really like it or I have some follow-up questions. So the experience really is changing. Now, what does that do for staffing? Because people start panicking like, oh my gosh, there's going to be a bunch of job cuts. Well, it gives the other, it, it sort of uh, changes the, the roles and responsibilities of those on-site staff people. So maybe they focus more on other things, uh, finding prospects, um, work, working through existing residents who are there, uh, helping make sure that their, their day is going well, that their problems are, are, are solved, their questions are asked, answered. Yeah, and, and you hear that, that term a lot. I think you, you kind of hear it being thrown around a lot. It's just meeting people where they are, right? Mm-hmm. How they like to consume, right, to go back to, to, to treating them like consumers, is that's how you have to speak with them, right? That's what really will resonate. Um, what... You know, one of the articles that, that was in this issue for uh, for Units Magazine was kind of a bold statement, right? Just technology uh, will, will change multifamily leasing, right? Uh, but I think the uh, the end of that article kind of said that soft skills and that leasing agent is still playing this important role. Um, so I, I know we talked about it a little bit, but how, how do you feel about that? Yeah, the soft skills. So the soft skills need to be... Um, natural and and not formulated and not scripted and i think the lease the good leasing agents know that and the good management companies train their people to be that way i mean i'm sure there was a time in this industry where everybody had a script and you had to you know cross off all these bullet point comments that you need to make about all the properties but you're supposed to talk to the resident the prospective resident like you're talking to your best friend or a friend uh rather than a customer so yeah. yeah. The, the the weird part or the the challenging part is that you as the consumer want a hundred percent control uh of every aspect and you want limited disruption, but the minute you have a question, you expect an answer instantly. That's right. And you know, in in an environment like Amazon, all of that can be very much automated through technology. That's not necessarily the case, nor are we, in my opinion, remotely close to the point where that can be um the same or as true in, in, in leasing an apartment uh, just because of the, the typical nuances of the fact that I might want to look at you face-to-face and hear your answer knowing that you're the one that's actually managing this property and you actually have some knowledge as opposed to a bot um, giving right. me some canned response. or Bots can be fun and interesting. I mean, I've used them a couple times on things. I'm trying to remember what they were, probably like buying tickets for something or, or questions about things rinse and repeat rinse and repeat are things like that that work usually pretty well but but when they work is is for some crazy reason you're up in the middle of the night and you you need some sort of responses and you know nobody's going to answer the phone you know some you would think nobody's going to answer a text or something like that and for some reason you're edgy about it and you want the answer i don't know yeah or you're not in a position where you can talk out loud because maybe you're in an environment where that's not conducive for that so you got it i know but getting back to what you said about having the customer in control totally right about everything and it, it it's it's all about 
just think of all of the restaurants that you go to these days where you get in line and you say, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, like Chipotle, Subway. And then think about the way it used to be, where you used to go places and there was something on a menu and you pointed and I said, that's what I want. I mean, that's yeah, the that's way, true. Yeah, that's that's the way consumerism is going these days. And, you know, I remember my son, he's a basketball player, and, and he needed to buy some shoes. And he's like, well, Dad, I'll just, I'll just order them. I'm like, okay, that's cool, because there used to be like six different kinds of, you know, tennis shoes for basketball players, and you pick your size, and maybe you pick your color. Well, now if you go to a shoe company, you can – these kids all have their own shoes that are made the way they want them. They're, it's, I guess the word is custom design. So if you're an apartment community, maybe you need to be able to determine a customized sell or approach to these people. And the more information you find out about them before they show up or before they ask for a self-guided tour or a personal tour, all that information can yeah. be so valuable and it can be so time-saving and so non-aggravating. I think that's a great, that's a great point. And that's, you know, that's where the, all, all the data comes in, right? to really enhance those soft skills so that when that person does ultimately need to have that face-to-face interaction, that person on the other end is completely loaded with a robust, uh, you know, tons of information. All that information to be able to make it personal. Just think how easy it would be for the leasing agent if you knew the person wanted a studio apartment and then you focused on all of those that you had rather than just saying, so what kind of apartment do you want? You know, studio, one, two bedroom, whatever. It just makes the process. Well, and that's uh, the continuity. Frictionless. That's, totally. And that's the bridge, right? I mean, the bridge is the idea that I've, I've given you a ton of information based on the actions I've taken in the digital environment. And now I'm looking at you face-to-face and you're acting like I haven't been educated on your property. I already told you everything that I'm looking for. I want a two-bedroom. I want it on the third floor. So true. You know, and now I'm like, but I, I've already told you all of this. And you, we as consumers are used to thinking that, when we're when we're when we're working with Amazon or Netflix, all it does is just get more personalized. Right, it's, we're talking to it; it's hearing us, right? And then all of a sudden, we 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 don't have that experience, and it's like I already told you all this. Right, just like any time you ever call a doctor, where they want you to give give your name, exactly. rank, and serial number four different times. I just told you all those things. But anyway, yeah, again, the customer service and the frictionlessness and the amount of time that you have to hold their attention span and that, all that that so. is right i know you're uh, you're running on time you're a busy guy you're getting ready to go uh um, lead a presentation correct yeah we're doing a presentation today on the trade show floor of trends so it's myself and cool. two, two colleagues we only get 30 minutes to do 10 trends so that's three minutes a pop so okay. if I sound like I'm talking fast, I'm trying to trying to get coached up. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it. No, this is perfect. This is like how we like to roll. All right, a couple of fun questions, and we'll let you get out of here. What are you currently obsessed with? This can be professional. This can be personal. Anything. Currently obsessed with. Um, wow. Well, let me think about that. What's your next question? <laughs> your least favorite activity. Well, that's funny. We've kind of talked about it. My least favorite activity is to fill out any form. <laughs> I hate filling out forms. All right. There we go. I'm, I'm that's good. a trend here where, where people really hate doing things that take up time. Yeah. It shouldn't come yeah. as a surprise, but you got to think waiting. Yeah, what waiting. Well, this is, this is a one. good story. This is a really good story, okay? So the Gen Z person was saying that people in Gen Z expect instant approval or instant either approval or disapproval. And she was telling the story that people were going in to apply for some apartments, and they qualified, but it took the apartment community too long to tell that resident, oh, yeah, you qualified, that when they contacted the resident back, guess what? They went and leased somewhere else 
because the other one was able to turn around the application approval process faster. Now, to me, that's devastating. You've got a renter who qualifies, which is what everybody's looking for. He spent for. a lot of money he to get that person to do money. that. Yeah. He did all that stuff. And he said, well, sorry, I went somewhere else because you, you left me hanging. Right? So, yeah. yeah. And hanging is relative. That could have been a couple of hours to somebody, right? It could be for, well, I mean, knowing that, that there is absolutely the opportunity for me to be able to get approved instantly yeah. um, is what was probably frustrated that certain individual. And she said that the industry needs to work on that, and I'm sure they are, and I'm sure they will, because yep. it's in everyone's best interest. There's no doubt. Um, There's no doubt. Wow. I mean, it's kind of like, like I have a friend who was dealing with the U.S. government, and he had to fill out a form so that he could be qualified for something. And I'm like, oh, when are you going to find out? He goes, I don't know. They're going to mail me something later. <laughs> mail me something. I can't Isn't believe that, that coming from our government. That is actually, yeah, like, you got that right. Whether it's amazing or not, I'm not sure. I'll yeah. come back to it. Anything you're obsessed with, or we might let you obsessed get Obsessed with? Okay, well, I've always been kind of obsessed with horse racing. How about that? Oh, So okay. at, at the end of the week, I'm leaving Denver, going back to Virginia, and I'm stopping off along the way in Cincinnati to meet my buddy who's a horse racing guy, and we have another friend from Chicago who's driving down, and we're all meeting in Louisville. Because I've never been to Churchill Downs, the home of awesome. the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. So we're spending our day there and then driving back and going to a Cincinnati Reds baseball game. So that stadium's awesome. Trip. Not a bad trip. That stadium's awesome. All right. Paul, really appreciate the time. Yeah, anytime. Good Thank luck. You. Awesome. Thank you.